Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory. And um, <clears throat> want to make mention, remind you, we're going to have Brother Spires' um, funeral Saturday at 11. I um, know he pastored for a while, was an ordained minister for several years, and then uh, for the last 19 years, because of health and his wife's health and different things, they, he has not uh, been a minister, but we appreciate his life and his uh, love for God and um, willingness to serve the Lord for many, many years, and so um, we're glad that we can be a part just of maybe helping Sister Beverly in this <clears throat> homegoing service. So uh, that's at uh, Saturday morning at 11. Anybody notice the new roof over here? A few of it? Amen. And we have a new roof on the barn, I mean the shed behind the evangelist house, and we're going to get new siding back here, and so things are moving along. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't get a federal grant for any of that, but um, didn't even get a state grant or a city grant. So uh, praise the Lord. The Lord's been good. We're, we're uh, uh, just asking the Lord to bless. We've had some shingles blow off and, you know, over the years, and that roof needed it. We have a metal roof here, and so we're just trying to do our best to uh, <clears throat> put... Uh, you know, where we can maintain this a little less stressful for our children and grandchildren. Um, <clears throat> cost a little more, but I think in the end it's a little more uh, efficient. Anyway, so we're, we're uh, thankful that the Lord has been able to bless us. I had several individuals that um, asked me after... Uh, the Indian man came that was in the end of August, Abraham Maman, uh, and spoke at our church <clears throat> about bitterness. It was hard to understand him. He spoke a long time, and it was a, a good sermon. It was a good word from the Lord, and I had several folks that came and said, would you teach that again where I can understand it? Uh, I couldn't understand what he was saying, and I said I would. They said, well, we heard some uh, uh, parts of it, and I, I will endeavor to at least go through it tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, he spent quite a while going through it, and I won't spend quite as long. Uh, I promise you, and yet uh, I know that probably it could be taught on multiple weeks, taught on multiple levels. I would hope that um, our uh, hyphen group and uh, high life, rather, and some of those would hear this. It would spare them a great deal of pain, I think, going forward, but uh, here we are. We're growing 
apostolic legacy and talking about bitterness, and I know none of us have ever had bitterness, but it's described in the Bible as a root of bitterness. And for those of you that have ever recognized roots growing from a tree or a plant, and I, um, I have had to deal with roots that are able to, in, in Arkansas, we had uh, <coughs> clay uh, sewer pipes, and if there's any opening, a root gets in there, and it begins to seek water, and will crack it and break it open, and probably none of you all have had to deal with that, but more than once I've had my yard torn up and they're trying to get roots out. In fact, there's a whole business that is called Roto-Rooter. Anybody ever heard of that business? And basically, it's to try to get roots. We we had, <clears throat> they put cameras as they, as they got uh, more technology, cameras down, they'll go, oh, there's all kind of roots in there. And I'm thinking, man, oh, man, oh, man, I, I did not ask for that. I didn't know it was happening. I didn't, and, and I think that was the point that uh, Abraham Mammon was uh, spent a long time at the beginning to try to make that this is something that is uh, <clears throat> unseen. It's uh, not uh, something that if you look on the surface, you know, I, I just had a nice bush. I had a nice tree. And uh, little did I know why it was so green. It was down in my sewer line. And uh, it was doing wonderful. I had no idea that I was, uh, you know, it was, it was having a good old time just sucking up the nutrients. Is it water and whatever, I guess raw fertilize as it went by but the point is here it is this root and and you wouldn't know it to look on the surface you drive by my house you go wow what a lovely little tree there boy that tree's sure doing good and you don't think in terms of well where are those roots what's going on until you get the bill and they bring a backhoe in and they're pulling out all your clay tile and trying to find it and find where it is and redo it. And you've probably never had that happen. So I understand. Y'all are looking at me like you're dazed that that ever kind of thing happens. But uh, then we had our city that went through and put in a whole all new lines because there were roots that were under the street. Anyway, the, the point of it is... Um, he mentioned that 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 literally this is the thing that the book of Hebrews defines as help that would make you fail of the grace of God. And who would think of that? That I, the God's grace, how His grace is so his mercy. His mercy, His kindness is so amazing uh, that that it's you know. We, we all say, thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God for the grace of God. And yet, Paul, when he wrote, probably Paul wrote Hebrews, he said, follow peace and holiness without no man shall see the Lord looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. 
Then he says, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Two important things is that number one, bitterness is powerful, so powerful that it can cancel the grace of God. Now, how is that possible? You would say, well, God's grace is greater than anything. The reason it cancels the grace of God is, just to be very candid with you, is because it stops you from forgiving. That's why when Jesus did the Lord's Prayer and he talked about forgiveness, he talked about, you know, forgiving others their trespasses as those that, you know, trespass against you. In the sixth chapter, he says, if you forgive them, then your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you forgive not, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so that's why grace can be canceled by a root of bitterness. And let me explain something to you. This hour we're living in, according to Matthew, the 24th chapter, put the slide, the verse on your, on your, uh, behind me. It starts out wars and rumors of wars, last days. And one of the signs of the last days are what? Many shall be offended. Maybe you haven't noticed that spirit of ready to fight, ready to flip you off, ready to give you a cussing. Maybe nobody's ever done that to you. Maybe it's just me and my poor driving. But It seems like people are on the edge. It's a pressure cooker. You say, well, they're stressed out. I don't don't disagree with you, but they're stressed out. Now, we're stressed because of the high price of gas. We're stressed because of COVID. We're stressed because of fill in the blank. I'm stressed, and so I am offended, and I, I can find myself living just at a moment that offense will come, and when, when that happens, when, I, when somebody crosses my line, do somebody, and, and, and you have to recognize I I want you to understand something. It is only in 2023 that people have been done wrong. There's never been any injustice in the world until this year. I mean, you go back in history... People were horribly treated. I'm not saying it's good that they were horribly treated, but what I'm saying is you just had to go forward. You had to go on. 
Was it terrible? Yes. People were bought and sold and done wrong. And Okay. It was just, I mean, a hundred years ago, do you think people were ever offended? Were they ever done wrong a hundred years ago? Yeah. And yet you just, you know, man up, grow up, get up, quit worrying about it, get over it. My, I I hate to even talk about my parents, but, you know, they, they were, they said things like, Hey, I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) Okay, dry it up. Dry it up. Caitlin sent me a little thing the other day and said that that she got this, you know, it has a baby. And they said that to these new mothers, you need to approach your child and ask them if they're ready for to be changed because too many mothers are just changing diapers and not talking to their children about it. And that can be very startling and offensive. She said, well, Dad, what do you think? I said, don't ask me what I think about that. That's just nuts. Huh? Now, those of you that have had children, you probably, mine never did. And it's probably what's wrong with me today. It was never, they never consulted me about, would you like to take this medicine? This would be good for you. And I told you a long time ago, I, had a, I was working in the school in Arkansas and I had a lady came to me and said, I know you're a minister. I have a question to ask you. At, at what age should your child be able to tell you they don't want to come to church? I said, well, that's a great question. I said, I, I don't know. I said, I, 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 said, I w- will tell you that if you, and I went into this long explanation because I thought she really wanted to know, and she did. And I said, you know, if you are still able to tell them anything, they're living at home, and you're, I didn't know the woman. I didn't know how old her children were. And I said, if they're living at home, and, the, you know, you feel like you're helping supply food or clothes or what you don't they don't have to participate but they can be respectful and show up with you on one service a week or and I'm going through this long and I I said you know how how I I even went through the doctor thing you know if you can tell them to go to the doctor when they don't want to but then you ought to be able to tell them to go to church anyway I said, how old is your child that you're talking about? She said, three. (laughs) I said, swat her behind and bring her to church. She wasn't going to our church. Whatever church you're going to, just swat her behind and bring her to church. She doesn't get to choose that yet. 
Now that was hard. I know we should give little children the right to choose whether they want to be a pirate or a male or a female or whatever at age three or two or whatever. That's where our society, you know, we don't want to offend. And, and yet what happens in this is this, you know, it's the first step of getting bitterness, getting rid of bitterness involves forgiveness. You have to forgive. And the first one that needs forgiveness is guess who? Me. And if you want, if you're not careful, when you get offended, what you have to immediately think of is, okay, have I ever done anybody wrong? Have I ever been a jerk? Have I ever been stupid? And you start thinking about that. First of all, that's your first step. And then you go, oh, Lord, forgive me. And you first ask for forgiveness for yourself. Yes, I know. I've said things that are just goofy. And, Lord, I've done goofy things. Please forgive me. Because it makes it a whole lot easier to forgive someone else when you remember what you've done. You know, when you wash your hands first. And so then when you say, okay, you know, I've done wrong. Lord, I need you to forgive me. I need your mercy. Then, you know, what happens is uh, uh, then, you know, I, I start asking forgiveness for myself. And the one thing to do is if we confess our sins. And so that means literally verbally saying out loud, it's amazing how not in my mind, I know I'm not perfect, but I, I've never done that. No, just confess a few sins and ask the Lord to forgive you. And if you say you have not sinned, then start asking him to forgive because you're a liar. Huh? Well, I've never done that. Well, okay, maybe you didn't do that, but you have plenty to ask the Lord to forgive you about. And then when I get all of that and I recognize how much I need mercy, then it is easier to begin the process of forgiveness and asking the Lord to forgive me. But what happens is we keep the focus right on myself. I, you know, and then uh, Abraham Mammon talked about Cain and how Cain was uh, very angry. And it's a very good illustration because Cain got bitter. And then the thing that he did, the Lord told him, he said, you could be accepted if you will do what is right. And, and yet he, the Lord said, sin is at the door and it's fixing to try to overcome you and overwhelm you. And I want you to know that when things, and this was in a, was with their worship, was in their praise, was in their sense of relationship with God. And I have seen individuals that get very uptight because it's like, this is what I have to do and that's not right and the Lord may hold me to a standard that he doesn't hold somebody else to. He holds me to a standard of being nice or being and, and he's 
dealing with my heart? Because you see, the point was Cain was being dealt with personally by God. He should have said, Lord, oh, I thank you that you're talking to me. How amazing, Lord, that you love me enough that you will talk to me. That you're warning me about upcoming things. But no, it was right for him to you to honor his sacrifice and not honor mine. And so all of this with Cain involved worship and mom and spent a long time of that. And, and it, it was in, in many senses very good because he, as he mentioned, that Cain offered a dead or lifeless sacrifice. In other words, it was fruit uh, that he had picked off of a tree or off of a bush and he brought it to God. And yet that fruit would eventually rot that fruit would eventually go down. It's not going to, it has no life in it on its own. If you don't believe me, you know, put a bushel of apples on the, your uh, uh, counter or bananas and it's not very long. And little flies, fruit flies start buzzing around. Anybody ever know? Anything, where did they come from? I didn't open the door for them. It's deteriorating, going bad. And, you know, and yet our, you know, the how personal, and it's very impersonal. You know, I come, I bring, I put it down, I walk away. Well, but when you take a live animal and you have to try to cut its throat and blood and you're carrying that animal and you're filleting it and you're putting it, it was a live sacrifice. It was something that involved all of me. And so, you know, that whole sense of worship and yet that's one of the ways to get rid of bitterness involves being a, what does the Bible call it? A Living sacrifice. You say, well, <laughs> oh, I, I jumped too far here. Let me, there, there it is, Romans. Uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what? Living sacrifice. And so, if somebody has done you wrong or somebody's been offensive, you need to really worship. You need to be a living sacrifice. And yet we know that that doesn't always happen. As a matter of fact, you know, you can come into the worship service like the guy who said, oh, thank God I'm not like that guy over there. Remember in the New Testament? Thank God I'm not that big of a sinner. And so, we, you say, well, but you don't know. This was bad and that was bad. 
but you have to be transformed. You have to have a transformation. You have to get that root out. You say, well, I'm not sure it's in there. Let me tell you, if you've had some of those thoughts, it's in there. It's growing. Why? Because we are supposed to be members of one body. All members, you know, we're we're praying for one another. And, And I understand you can go, well, I don't like that one and I don't like it. And yet we... We try to send out a, a, a text on when people are suffering and when people are need prayer, and yet not everybody reports everything they're going through. We know a lot about one another. As a matter of fact, you know, I guess we could say, well, we're just going to know less. Uh, you say, okay, everybody has a need, raise your hand. We'll put it on a piece of paper. We're not going to send out any more things. And yet, I think it's good that we bear one another's burdens. Pray for one another. And believe it or not, we, we do our best to try to honor anytime we know and, and try to be yet respectful. I try not to send them late, super late or early. And I, I get it. I I don't want to blow anybody's phone up. And yet, the truth of the matter is, even with all the information we're giving you, we don't tell everything that everybody is going through all the time. A lot of people are suffering a lot of things that you don't know about. And it's easy for me to look and go, well, look at that, look at that, look at that. And yet, I may not know what's going on in their life. I better just said unspoken. And so before I make sure I have, oh Lord, I want to be transformed. I want to be a living sacrifice. I want to thank you, Lord, that I can pray for someone. I want to thank you, Lord, that I can, you know, that I'm able to be there to pray for somebody else. So he goes on, and then he talked about uh, Samuel, uh, where the women came out and they played and they sang and here was a group of people and, it, and it's kind of an amazing uh, an unnamed group of women that made up this little song about dancing in the streets because they had not seen their army for several months their husbands, their brothers, their fathers had been camped on this hill on one side and another hill on the other side and were the Philistines and it had gone on and on and on. In fact some people were even sending their own family down with cheese and bread because they knew they were hungry. Right? And so, man, all of a sudden, David comes after Goliath. Man, they're dancing in the streets and the word spread. And they're like, oh, thank God, David. And yet they mention Saul, but they honor David. And the truth of the matter is, Saul became bitter from that moment when he should have said, thank God somebody killed Goliath. He should have been thanking the Lord. Thank God our boys came home. Thank God I've been living in a tent for however many weeks. Thank God I get to be back in the palace. 
He should have said, let me help carry David on my back. I'm tired of sleeping in a tent. Now I know some of y'all like to camp and y'all like to sleep in tents. But you know, no food. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Man, thank God I get to go home. Lord, forgive me for not being the one to believe in you and trust in you. If Saul would have said, Lord, forgive me for not challenging Goliath. Instead, he's mad because of what David did. It's amazing. And David recognized how angry he was and how wroth he was and how bitter he was because Saul did not get what he considered proper recognition. And then he talked about Haman and Mordecai Mordecai, and then uh, the whole sense of uh, how Haman uh, wanted to kill Mordecai, and then he goes home, and his he read those verses in Esther. He goes home, and here his wife says, uh, you know, uh, let's uh, build this uh, altar, I mean, this uh, guillotine, 50 cubits, you know, which is, uh, every cubit is about 18 inches, so 50 cubits would be, if it was one foot, it would have been 50 feet, but 50 cubits is a, a foot and a half, so it's 75 feet tall. 75 feet tall, you know, and we're going to put the gallows up there. Well, that was just like, how... Blown out of shape is that. How desperate are you to make an example? I want to see him fail, and I want to see him fail from the highest gallows I can make. How pitiful. And yet that's what bitterness can cause you to do. And you say, but you don't know. I'm, I'm looking out for my husband. I'm looking out for my welfare. I'm looking out for my family. I'm looking out for my what, husband, as in this case. So I would rather them fail so that my family... Be careful, that's bitterness. You know, and I... We're dealing with a, a Congress that is... Some of these individuals, you you wonder, are they full of bitterness? I'd rather that this fail than than for somebody to get any kind of credit. That's what our society, where it is, folks. You say, well, it's the Republicans' fault, it's the Democrats' fault, it's the whatever fault, fault, fault. The point is, that's where we are. I want that one to fail so that this one will get, whoa. It's a whole level of bitterness that I need to say, Lord, remember how good you've been to me. And, and so you say, well, pastor, this has nothing to do with today. It has everything. 
We are all facing it. Our world is facing it. And we can always point a finger at somebody else and say, well, that's the one. You know, you used to always tell me when you point your finger, there's three or four of them coming back at, anybody ever hear that? And ended up being his destruction. And I, I have seen people that have been hurt and that have been done wrong and that have suffered for years because they would not allow it to be buried and done away with and, and you know, resurrected and healed. And I, I realize, as I said, I, I realize that there are injustices in the world. There, there are always going to be, and there have been. There is always going to be nepotism where family members are going to, you know, people are going to prefer people above others, and there are going to be injustice and hiring and firing and paying. And that has gone on, believe it or not, before 2023. There have been kids that have been done wrong, and I'm not advocating bullying or injustice or treating people with disrespect. I'm not advocating that at all. But part of this is that, guess what? We have to respond correctly because it's the bitterness that will eat us up. It's the bitterness that will destroy our worship, our praise, that will cause us to get so angry we want to murder someone, that we want to be ridiculous. Then he talked about the story of Mary taking alabaster box and how Judas was angry about that. And John completely tells us in the 12th chapter, he didn't say any of that because he cared for the poor, because he was a thief in the bag and bare what was put therein. John, Judas was not, John recorded that Judas wasn't so much loving everybody else, but he was hiding his own sin of covetousness his own sin of wanting to do wrong. And we know that from David, when David was was hiding his sin, and Nathan the prophet came in and told the little story about a lamb, and the law was very clear on that story. If you took somebody's lamb by mistake, you gave them four lambs. If you took somebody's lamb intentionally, you gave them seven lambs was a very clear case. It wasn't a capital offense. And what did David say? Bring him to me. We're going to kill him. And it would be like me saying, well, you stole $10 from somebody. According to the law, you paid him $40 if you did it accidentally. If you did it intentionally, you paid him 70 bucks. But you didn't take their life over it. You didn't send them to the electric chair. And yet, Judas 
was a thief, but he wanted to cover his own sin. And you know, sometimes I've seen people that get very, that are very short with everybody else and short about what everybody else is doing and the stuff that's going on in their life. They won't be honest about that they're fighting, that they're, they're struggling with. And of course, Simon, the sorcerer in the book of Acts, that wanted to buy the power of the Holy Ghost, wanted to make money off of it, asked, you know, give me this. And Simon Peter told him, the first thing is repent, repent. What does that mean? That's that's, what I started with tonight is ask God to forgive you. First thing he said is repent for your wickedness. And then pray God that the thought of your heart may be forgiven. And notice what else he said. For I perceive that thou art in the, what did he call him? Gall of bitterness. What does that mean? You are drinking from the bitter cup. That's what the gall of bitterness is. And let me tell you, it is easy to take a glass of bitterness. Let me tell you what it will do. It's going to turn into a root on the inside. Because somebody offended me, somebody did me wrong, and what did Simon tell him? He said, repent, because you are in the gall of bitterness. And then he also added, in the bond. Of iniquity. A bond is like ligaments or cords, or if you will, roots. And and notice that he said, perhaps the thought of thy heart. The Lord basically was judging Simon. I mean, you know, you could look on the surface and, and it could look like an innocent question. Wow, this is amazing. Simon, you got you you guys are praying for people. Give me that power. Now doesn't that sound nice? Huh? Give me some of that power. Ooh, I want to be able to lay hands. The Lord the Lord revealed to Simon that uh-uh, there's another motive there on the inside that you don't know about. Simon just said, "Huh?" You're in the bond, you're in the gall of bitterness and you're in the bond of iniquity. And it reveals to us what Simon's motive was. He wanted to, but I don't know that he came to Simon Peter and said, give me that power so that I can make money. We think he did, but the Bible doesn't say he even said it. But his motive was wrong. And the Lord, pow, judged the motive and said, you're drinking from the bitterness cup. Wow. Pastor, you think the Lord knows? He knows the thoughts and intents of the heart, mind. Huh? And it could have been, you know, I mean, I've had people ask me things and 
I don't always know the motive. I don't know. Well, Why would you ask me that? Pastor, I, I just want to know, what, do you think so-and-so? Or do you think this? Do you think? And I'm, oh, yeah, I'm just oblivious. And they got another motive. I'm building a case why you are bad or evil or why something's going on. Or I, huh? Never happened here, but I know what I'm talking about. I'm building a case. And Simon had this motive going on that I want to make money. And yet, if I'd have been Simon Peter, (laughs) I probably missed it too many times. I might not have listened to the Holy Ghost. And I said, man, that's great. Come on with me. I'll teach you how to pray. And, Huh? Let me take you under my wing. Yeah, come on. We're going to make it a, a disciple out of you, an apostle. We're going to have you praying for people that they can get the Holy Ghost. Woo! That wasn't, the mo- that wasn't his motive at all. And yet the Lord challenged him immediately and said, Simon, you need to tell him to repent. His heart's not right. You'll notice that in that 18th verse, or in that verse there, 20 verse, it says, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Simon Peter actually read his thoughts. I know. Sometimes I probably read them wrong. And yet Simon was not a sinner He was a believer that had been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? What's the last act of the Lord was they tried to get him to drink vinegar mingled with gall. And when he tasted it, he wouldn't drink it. And yet... When you read John, verse 20, 19, chapter 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished and that the scripture might be fulfilled. You know what he said? I, what? Thirst. You know why? He, tra- he tasted the vinegar made with, with, and the gall with the hyssop, the bitter. Hyssop is a bitter herb. And he tasted it and he said, I'm not going to drink it now because it's supposed to dull the pain. But when he was at the very last, about to die, he said, now I'm ready to drink. Bring me that gall. Bring me that hyssop. And he drank it. Why? Because the last thing before he gave up the ghost and says it is finished was he took the gall of bitterness If you don't have anything to thank God for or to praise God for is say, thank you, Lord, for drinking this gall. You know what it is to suffer, to go to the very end, and then to drink the bitterness. Read it where he said, Jesus received the vinegar He said, verse 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, bowed his head, gave up the ghost. 
You see, the reason is, is because my anger, my hurt is not the issue. The bitterness is. There are over 455 times in the Old Testament the word anger is used, and 375 of those are talking about God's anger. God is angry with the wicked every day because he's holy and righteous, and I know he's love, and he wants people to make the right decision. The main issue is whether or not we should confront with love or ignore it and take it to God. That's the only thing. You say, well, what if somebody hurts me? Should I go to him? Sure, you're welcome to go to him if you go in love, and you, but you need to recognize that if you go in love, they may go, forget you. I, I'm not, I'm not going to ever talk to you again, and that may be it. If the relationship, you want to try to save it, fine. Go to them in love and tell them what they've done. But let me tell you, they may, they may get bitter that you called them out. And I had people say to me, well, Pastor, why don't you tell them? Because I know that I, I got to wait till make sure the Holy Ghost is full and I'm full of the Holy Ghost and I... I can do it in the right spirit and that they've got the right spirit to receive it. You say, well, bless God, I'm gonna. Make sure, do you understand what I'm saying? Do I always get it perfect and right? Absolutely. Have you ever offended anybody? Never. I hope you know that that's way tongue in cheek. You must take constructive action. You've got to do one of two things. You either have to forgive and get cleansed or become bitter. If you can't feel like you can go to somebody, then ask the Lord to forgive you. And, and the Bible is full of that, and I, full of the verses, and I, I, I know my time's up. I'm going to end here. Proverbs, that 29th chapter says, A fool, a fool, a fool tells everything in his mind. A fool rages. He that is soon angry deals foolishly. The discretion of a man defers his anger. Well, I'm telling him. I'm just telling them that's the way it is because I'm not, I'm not putting up with it. It's been wrong. It's been, I'm just not doing it. I understand. I get it. But if you can't go and do it in love and then know that, yes, what? This, it may end it. Sometimes there's not much. And you say, well, but it's crossed the line and it's so egregious that I'm willing to throw away any hope of salvaging this relationship unless I confront. And I, I will tell you, have people offended me? Yes. Have other ministers, have other people? Yes. And I have had to, okay, if I go, I've talked to my dad. I've talked to my wife. I've said, okay, this boy, this was bad. This was wrong. If I go to him, 
What's it gonna what's gonna happen to the relationship? It's gonna have to either become whole whole different relationship. But if it's serious enough that I feel like I need to go in love, if I can go in love, if I can, it's okay. But know that it might be the end because they could be offended. And I have to be willing to let them be offended. At me being, does that make sense? You offended me. And so if I... I either, if I go back and tell you, then you can be offended. It's kind of like tag your it. And you say, that doesn't happen. Oh, really? Well, let me just drive you around Newark and let you see somebody get mad, honk their horn. And you know what? Immediately that spirit jumps into the other car. They don't even know who it is. And they stick their head out and they get, huh? Yep, yeah, come on, you want to take it on here? You say, well, I, I've never had to deal with that. Well, I, you know, and I, I'm confession good for the soul. I've told you all my experiences. I sat through a whole series of lights one time. The lady was looking at her phone in the front, and then I knew it. I, I just had a sense in the Holy Ghost that if I honk my horn, I'm going to get in trouble. And so we got the next circle of greens. And I wanted to say, what shade are you looking for? <laughs> but I just gently went, doot, doot, doot. Yeah, just a two. <laughs> she turned around and I, I was like, sorry, just, you don't know this, but you've gone through a whole light and I've sat here behind you. Did she want to hear that at that moment? No. And so my confronting her a little bit was just like, whoo, man, gas on a flame. I was just thankful that she had a, was in front of me and could drive on. She didn't gently wave. You know, I've had people, you know, you do that and they go, oh, thank you. Sorry, I was looking at my phone. Oh, Hallelujah. Let's stand. It was a good lesson that we heard. Amen. I hope that yes. explains some Thank of it. God. I hope you Hallelujah. get it. Let's thank, thank the Lord. Lord.